Hi, I'm Gar Sanders. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm Lee Holdsworth. I'm James Courtney. We're the Forex Angels, and you're listening to the VA Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now here's your host, Craig Revell. Jamie wins too. You know, the team owners make the decisions, you know, whether they save tyres for another race meeting or, you know, put, uh, put in their full performance or a half performance. Of course, we've always put in our full performance here. Garth wins one. Uh, start was very good. The bloke next to me got a terrible one, so that was uh, made my life a lot easier. But it was Jason who wins the show. For some reason, I seem to be performing better with cancer in me. I mean, I'd just be <laughs> quite honest and make things quite clear. We look back at the Australian Grand Prix weekend today as the red lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders. Take in the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. This news update is brought to you by V8X Magazine. Log on to the official V8X Magazine Facebook page for your chance to win some great prizes. Last weekend, between all the wins, crashes and complaints, Jason Richards stood not only as a shining light on how the trials of life played out on the sporting arena can reach out and touch the community. His second place on Saturday's race acknowledged by his competitors as a great moment. Today's story really is Jason and his, his effort today. I thought that was absolutely awesome. And, um, and you know, we complain about understeer and oversteer and think that we've got a battle on our hands, but it's nothing, nothing really. For Jason, he explained once again what being able to drive in the main game field last weekend meant to him. The emotional support, the positive support I've had this weekend from the fans, you know, this is exactly what I'm doing it, and. I'm doing it for fun, um, and I'm you know, very grateful to BJR, for Team BOC, from Jason Bargwana to Brad and Kim Jones to allowing it all to happen. And, uh, you know, when you're just having a, doing some skids in the car and you pop up second, it's not too bad, is it? You know, I've got a massive battle on my hands. My cancer's not getting any better. I'm, I'm off chemo, so shortly I'll have my hair back. You know, I'm, I'm on a break in treatments almost. I've, I've just gone on my new trial drug, which I started on Monday in Sydney. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm just praying, like, how I've got the um, actual active drug. The chemo definitely knocks you around. I still managed to do a few test days after chemo, and I've kept myself active, and I think it's a, a big part of this This uh, treatment is the mental part, and that's why I'm doing it today. And, um, yeah, I, I'm probably sound like I'm a full-time race car driver. On Monday, I'm going to Winton with Ferraris, and then off to Sydney on Tuesday for medical stuff, so... It's sort of, this This really is um, is my little weekend, couple of weekends in a row where I'm living a bit of a normal life. Uh, and then the heavy stuff will come on, you know, later on. There's, this is definitely not my comeback. This is purely me having fun, me being able to have fun. Jamie Winkup was the overall winner of the Australian Grand Prix event. He told the V8 Insiders that he felt the format was the best it has ever been. Yeah, without doubt, I think this is the best uh, Grand Prix we've, uh, we've had, um, especially with our own pit lane now. Uh, pit stops, you know, the, the change in tyre from soft to hard. 
Um, I think it was fantastic. I think it's almost as good as it can be, um, considering the, the television merchandise uh, drama going on there. Um, you know, time certainty races. You know, th- those things probably will never be able to be changed, but I think we made the most of uh, the situation. Garth Tander was happy with HRT's performance, saying he believed that the car is every bit as fast as the 888 Commodores. Our car, tyre consistency was great, and then at the end we had very good speed. We could just pick them off, so... Um, really happy with the weekend. We, we came here to have a straight car and get a lot of development work done, and we've done that. So um, looking forward to the next championship round in a couple of weeks. Shane Van Gisbergen was showing that his consistency paid off as he claimed a podium over the three races that made up the Albert Park 400. Well, I wouldn't say consistent. We were dead last after the first lap yesterday, but um, pretty happy to be here. It's unfortunate for Alex. He was having a great weekend, and he just um, they got mucked over a bit with their strategy starting on softs. Yeah, it was pretty entertaining. I was laughing a few times throughout there as a fair few of um, the other guys probably were too. So, But to be on the podium after the weekend we had last week was pretty good. And Two drivers that were less than impressed with the driving on the weekend were Rick Kelly and Stephen Johnson. Kelly, Lowndes, Johnson and David Reynolds were all left to spectate following the early race three crash. Kelly and Lowndes both cleared of any blame for the crash. Rick Kelly talked about his view of the incident. From my point of view, extremely disappointed for the team. The car's been ace for the last two weekends and they just deserve to be on the podium. And, you know, an aggressive move by Lowndes has ended up me in the fence and then obviously drivers ignoring yellow flags has meant that someone's collected us. But at the end of the day, everyone's got their point of view. I'm pretty pissed off about getting run into the wall and looking forward to the stewards hearing. For Stephen Johnson, he was left scratching his head at his competitors. It confuses me every year why people drive like idiots, to be honest, So uh, when it means absolutely nothing. You can hear the full interview with Stephen Johnson on this week's White Flag Lab. Rick Kelly has reported that he's going to be protesting the stewards' decision that saw the incident being called a racing incident. The appeal will be held before the Perth round of the championship. After Kelly Racing investigated the damage to the Jack Daniels Racing Commodore, it has been decided that Kelly Racing will prep their spare car for him in Hamilton. We have moved from 18th to 8th in the championship in one round, and we were unlucky not to be in third, said that clips or so. We're on our way up, and um, that old chassis certainly ain't going to hold us back. Lucas Dumbrell Motorsport, they'll also be pulling some all-nighters to ensure they are ready for Hamilton. Whilst the car of the future, which is hoped to allow teams to have more spare cars ready after incidents like that, well, it's tipped to be test mid-year with the V8 supercars owners and stakeholders being given the latest technical specifications on the new V8 racer last weekend at Albert Park. Steve Owen will have his car back in Hamilton, which will allow his team to get the chassis back to Triple Eight so they can prepare the car and return it to Fujitsu Specs for the second round of the championship in Perth. Of course, that'll be the monster car for Andrew Thompson. And finally, the Townsville round will be rocking to Sneaky Sound System, Wolf Mother, Thirsty Merc and many more as the rock section of the Circogen Rock and Race Townsville 400 was announced this week. And that's the news on the V8 Insiders. After the break, we look at what a rookie's year's like through a rookie driver's eyes when James Moffat will join us for his new segment on the show. Then later, Peter Norton and Neville Wilkinson will be around the table reflecting on the Albert Park 400. News on the V8 Insiders is brought to you by the official V8X Magazine Facebook page. Sign up and keep in touch with V8 Supercars. 
take in the V8s of the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. The views expressed on V8 Insiders, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect those of the network, Thunder Media, sportradio.com.au or V8X magazine. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth. You're listening to V8 Insiders. On this edition of Rookie Year with James Moffat, uh, James, the Clipsal 500, uh, races three and four, how are you finding a, a big single driver Australian event compared to what you saw at Abu Dhabi? Oh, look, obviously, you know, Clipsal's regarded as um, probably the toughest or one of the toughest events on, on the schedule, so... Um, you know, it was good to um, to finally get in into it and, and experience it for what it was. And you know, Saturday's race was um, was going along all right, and physically I sort of felt pretty good in the car. Um, you know, it would be nice if the, the cool suit was running a bit warm, but you know they're all part of the things that that happen inside the car. So um, the, the way we finished the race was a bit disappointing. It was just a bit unlucky that. Um, you know, Delberto sort of hit the front of it and tore, tore the front off. You know, it was just, just you know, it was unlucky. It was wasn't his fault. It was just wrong, wrong spot at the wrong time. So, um, you know, up until then, um, you know, I was pretty, pretty happy with how we were tracking. And then, in Sunday's race, you know, it was uh, yeah, pretty full on with with the wet weather there at the start, and um, just sort of went in with the, the attitude of not making any mistakes. And, um, you know, we had a few things thrown at us. The wiper failed, so that was interesting, trying to see where I was going. And then um, towards the end there, we had something something happening in the steering, so um, something probably power steering related. Of course, up to second before you pitted and made your first pit stop, so uh, you were getting towards the front. Oh, yeah, obviously we were probably out of sequence, so uh, we weren't legitimately second on uh, on speed, but we were uh, keeping our nose trouble and, and staying, um, you know, nice and consistent out there and... Um, just trying to work through as best as we could. So, um, you know, up until we had the steering um, issue, we were reasonably well placed. And what now, before you get to Hamilton in the next round of the championship, can you do? Uh, well, yeah, we'll, we'll go back to... Um, the boys have got a chance to go back to the workshop. They've been on the road for a few weeks now, um, having um, had the Grand Prix and, and Clipsal in conse- consecutive weekends. So a um, bit of a chance to regroup. And, um, you know, James was... Courtney was pretty quick uh, last year, as, as was Steve. So uh, the cars are always traditionally pretty quick on the street circuits. So um, it'll be um, a new circuit for me to learn. So uh, now we'll be using all the practice sessions to get up to speed as quickly as possible. One thing that a lot of the uh, drivers use is the simulators. Have you got a uh, Hamilton simulator that you can practice on? Oh, look, you know, I'm pretty well know which way it goes as it is and... Um, you know, just by uh, studying last, the last couple of years' races there. So, uh, yes, simulators don't really translate too much on, on, the, on the track, unfortunately. So, uh, apart from a bit of fun with your mates. James, all the best. Thanks very much. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 supercars. 
showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. To ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at v8insiders at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Craig Lance from Team Vodafone, and you're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining us this week, it's the uh, publisher of V8X Magazine, Neville Wilkinson. Good evening, Nev. Good evening, everybody. Hello, Craig. Uh, Yeah, it's great to be here. And, of course, from Inside Motorsport, it's Peter Norton. Good afternoon, gentlemen. And, of course, this weekend, just past, we've seen, well, the most expensive wrecking yard in Australian motorsport, Peter. And I think uh, Stephen Johnson was absolutely uh, devastated with the amount of money that Jim Beam Racing is forking out to get ready for Hamilton. I think they were already grumpy on the Saturday afternoon uh, because uh, a little bit of Biff and Barge was already costing them money. And then Sunday was a complete disaster for them, uh, tearing off uh, the whole side of the car. Uh, yeah, Steve Johnson's not a happy camper, and I think part of that is not just thinking about the sporting elements. It really is the commercial part and uh, how to pay to uh, re- rebuild that car. Mm. Neville, what did you think of all the bang and crash we saw Mostly in race three, of course, but there was a few incidents right throughout the weekend. Well, yeah, but you expect that kind of stuff in motor racing. If a team's going to go, oh, you bent the car, it's going to cost money. You're sorry, get out of the sport because it's part and parcel of the sport. Um, uh, it's, you know, what do you do? It's, it is an expensive wrecking yard, but hey, they are some millions of dollars in sponsorship and they you know, that's, I don't know, It's to me it's a normal part of racing. You're mm. going to get accidents and stuff like that. And Okay, we do know that certain drivers out there are um, uh, more tend to be involved in incidents and stuff than, than uh, other people. The stuff with, the stuff with, uh, on the Saturday, I think it was the Saturday or the Friday with uh, young Moffat, that looked a bit innocuous. Someone zigged when he zagged and someone jumped on the brakes when he was accelerating and it, it just got caught up in that. Um, he probably did a good job to try and avoid what, what had happened. Because you also got to remember, it looks like Stephen Johnson, when the accident was happening, he'd already gotten into the back of uh, Reynolds in the Stratco car because Reynolds was already, they were already having their own accident before Stephen Johnson actually hit the other two cars. Mm. Um, and Or well, he's hit and, and flung out wide. Like, I don't know why he flung out wide. He thought, why is there there's this, there's this hole? No one's going here. I'll flick out wide here. And there's a reason why they weren't going there. And, then, you know, it all happened as we saw on television. But yep. hey, it made maybe a bit of a boring race really interesting. <laughs> it is on this week's White Flag Lap we'll hear a full interview that Peter did with Stephen Johnson about the whole incident because very interesting to get Stephen's point of view, Peter. Yes, that's right. Uh, he made clear in that that he didn't see yellow flags, um, not because they weren't out. Um, I mean, we don't know if they were out or not. Uh, the key is he was in the middle of a battle. He had cars either side. Uh, if they were there or not, he was too busy to see them. Uh, so in that circumstances, occasionally there's going to be a car blocking your path just around the corner. Mm. Well, the bigger question across the weekend, though, Nev, was how can they make the Australian Grand Prix races 
more meaningful. Obviously, with a television audience as large as what the Formula One gets, the V8 races have got a lot of corporate interest because we saw Alex Davison, who got out on pit strategy, just run a mobile billboard Irwin car around the track until he did eventually have to pit. Well, that's easy. You've got to make it a championship round. There's no Everybody's thinking the same thing as me. Make it a championship round. That's the only way you're going to make it meaningful. Any other way, it's a novelty. Mm. So, I mean, I remember when V8 Supercars used to go to Indy and they weren't I don't think they were a championship round then until they got their own pit lane and, and they were treated it the same way they used to take their old second hand cars there because if they're going to they were going to smash them up which is notorious for they had they still had their good cars back at their workshop and um, sure you can throw mega amounts of money at it but in the end unless you're going to add unless you're going to say four million dollars prize money they ain't going to treat it seriously let's get serious here it's a freaking novelty well what's the biggest problem with the novelty event peter is it channel 10 has the rights is it v8 supercars can't sell their merchandise what's the actual impediment I think they've been making slow and steady progress to overcome all of the things that you've mentioned. Uh, we've now got the, the right infrastructure there. They've got their own pit lane. They had proper pit stops. Um, so the physical and infrastructure limitations are, are now fixed. Um, they've uh, A couple of years ago, I think, they got the dispensation from the, the Formula One uh, gurus so they could sell their merchandise. And there was... Um, uh, you know, a couple of the, the teams had merchandise things. Oh, actually, they had displays, didn't they? Maybe mm. they didn't have merchandise. So well, I think I think also the cost to to have your merchandise here is prohibitive. People were saying this year that there was less there, even food outlets, less food outlets than last year. Yeah. And, like, the cost would be too pro- very prohibitive. Yeah. Now I think about it, there were uh, displays. Bundaberg had a display with the car and everything, but I don't actually recall seeing where you could buy a HRT T-shirt. So maybe there is still limitations around that one. Um, I think they know where they need to get to, and they're making the steps. Having that pit lane is, has been the biggie. Um, the renewal of TV rights will be uh, a key thing to making sure that they can have it as a championship round and, and make it uh, just as meaningful as any other race meeting that they go to. Because uh, you did uh, touch on there, Neville, the timed races, but it doesn't matter where we race. We're really racing timed races at any championship round if circumstances take us to the time limit. Well, yeah, but now they're factoring no, you know, they go, oh, it's a timed time race. Well, have you factored in that there could be a safety car? It's like they're not factoring in there could be safety cars, especially in the in the actual championship rounds. Why did Adelaide get cut off on the Sunday? Maybe they could, if you had a start of the race like half an hour earlier, we would have got it finished. So I just don't get that from V8 supercars. I mean, it's a whole new, different subject we're talking about. So I won't I won't dwell on it. But this time round and a couple of laps is like get real. You know, and if you're doing it for the tally, start it earlier and, and get rid of some of the crap that they go on about beforehand, like about their television, you know, V8 Extra show or whatever, and, and get on with the racing, you I, know. They want more racing on television, then they suddenly say, oh, we've run out of time, you can't, can't show anymore. We'll start it earlier. Guess what? Everybody will be a lot happier. I tell you what, Nev, I know it's not one of the topics we had down, but this week's 
web poll at v8insiders.com.au is going to be just that question. Should V8 supercars start their races earlier so we don't have to live with timed well, give races Give me a link and I'll put it on our Facebook page. All right. It's, uh, it will be on both the V8X Facebook page and v8insiders.com.au because I do think, Neville, you've touched on the biggest gripe V8 supercar fans They're have had for some time. Ripping the fans off. Sorry, I, you know, start the race earlier. People don't mind if the race starts a bit earlier. No. I mean, and, okay, the Grand Prix, different story. Not controlled by V8 supercars, but V8 supercars control all that other stuff. Hmm. And, um, you know, sometimes I just think they make up excuses or let's find some flimsy excuse and make that the reason why we don't do something, hmm. you know. My guess is that it's all about TV programming and they want the perfect schedule where uh, at uh, 15 minutes before the news starts, a car crosses the check crosses the uh, finish line gets a checkered flag you go to a commercial break have a podium and then you go straight into the news and if we start early they're going to have to put in some filler uh, that's easy do some interviews i know exactly what you're saying and hey, um, in the filler people will channel surf and they will lose those viewers uh for the the ratings goldmine which is news time guess what i think i think i agree with you pete i think you've hit no on that guess what show some in-car Stewards' footage of the wrecks. That'd keep people watching. <laughs> That's right. Hey, there was $500,000, $500,000 cash, as they, uh, many of the Speedway promoters would be saying on their TV commercials. How much of that money actually got divvied up to the drivers, Peter? No one was saying. Uh, the, the drivers said they had no idea. The prize money goes to the team. Uh, so I don't think the drivers actually got a a bonus or anything, or nothing that they were going to admit to. Uh, so I think that the uh, promotion about how much prize money was on offer for that weekend uh, turned out to be a bit of a fizzer for them because they couldn't actually make it a highlight. They couldn't actually say uh, that a certain car won a certain amount. Um, you know, that uh, that prize money, you know, no, none of the drivers of the team see that. You know, that, that goes straight to, or straight into the... The, the team's annual salary, if you know what I mean. So we, we don't even know what that figure is, and it doesn't mean it means absolutely nothing to uh, to especially the drivers. Um, I wonder if it was simply a pool of 500 split equally across the teams, because uh, in many respects that's uh, the way some of these commercial arrangements work. So yeah, what are they racing for? It's less than 20 grand per car, isn't it? And if it's for the team, why is the driver going to be racing for? He's not getting it. Maybe right, it should... And if I crash the car, I'm going to get gripe from the gripe from the thing, and I'm not getting any paid any extra for the for the, for, for for trying. So yeah, I like to race and I like to win, but um, there's no other really incentive. Mm. Yeah, we've, we've griped about many elements that failed to make this uh, a meaningful race, uh, but I think we do have to give some credit for the things that were successful. And we'll do that after the break, Peter. This is the V8 Insiders. Find out more about your favourite supercar teams and drivers when we go inside further on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. 
Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Peter Norton was touching on a very good point before we go to the break. And ahead of Gas and Go, we're going to talk about things that did make it great. And one of those things has to be the Jason Richards story, Peter. I don't know if you were going there. That was a, a huge feel-good story and unfortunate that in race three he couldn't get an overall podium for the weekend. Uh, that was a, a huge uh, good news story, wasn't it? Uh, uh, it was great that they were able to juggle their drivers and give Jason uh, the seat for the weekend. And even better is that he came out and he performed. Um, I was uh, fortunate enough to be in pit lane and, and in that area when they had their pit stop and... You know, they didn't get second place by fluke. They were performing. The pit stop was fast, and the team were patting themselves on the back for pulling off such a, you know, a great effort in getting that car serviced and out of there so quickly. You know, they, they got second on their merits, and they were rightly proud, uh, and the, the emotion in pit lane uh, at the end of the race was just magic. It was really good to be, uh, to be there to observe such a thing. And, Nev, what was your take on it? Well... I thought it was fantastic. I mean, um, they've gone to great pains to say, look, he's not replacing Jason Barguana. It's just a one-off deal. He's got he's still got more treatment and um, and convalescing, all that kind of stuff ahead of him. Um, I I don't think someone should have pulled over to let him win or anything like that. Um, I just, I you know, he's a racer. I don't think he he would. I don't think he'd be happy if someone did that. You know, and. and you know, I just, but I just, it was one of the news stories, if not the story of the weekend in regards to the supercars, was the fact that Jason Richards and he, he was racing well, he was racing hard. It was, it was great to see. Of course, he was joking in the press conferences, Peter, that he doesn't understand why, since he's got cancer, he's become a better race car driver. No, that's just one of those things. Um, now, the, you could say tongue in cheek that uh, weight is so important in a racing car. And it's a very drastic way to try to get the, the weight out of the car. Um, but, yeah, that there's something there that's uh, lifting that team to another level. Uh, you know, it's... Uh, we all maybe, maybe he's got nothing to lose anymore. Maybe he's going, mate, I've been to the edge and uh, this V8 supercar is fun and I'm going for it. Maybe, maybe the way he thinks about how he drives and, and just going for it... I, you know, it's things like this can really change somebody. The events of this weekend have really got me thinking, and uh, I can't remember whether it's Donnie or Lonnie Carruthers who were uh, speedway drivers in the United States in the 70s. Both of them did get cancer. I think it was Donnie Carruthers who wrote a book about coming back from cancer. And one of the great passages in the book says, you know, I'd get out into the track ever since I'd recovered and he said these young guys would be running me into the corner as deep as they could go. And he said I'd outbreak them every time. In, in my head, I'm thinking, don't try and outbreak a man who has already gone past the point of knowing he was going to die. That was the mindset that he was in after he came back. And, and I just, that just came to mind with Jason when I was watching him race this weekend. And, Peter, I, I don't know if that was what you wanted to touch on or what was great from the weekend, but I certainly thought it was a highlight. It was uh, absolutely the highlight for me for the weekend. Uh, the, as I was touching on, they were there on merit, and I absolutely agree with Neville that it just it would have devalued their whole achievement if Garth Tander had have just you know, sat behind him and, and not 
uh, fought for the for the lead and, and actually took the win. Um, it, it wasn't a token uh, second place. Uh, they were there on merit. No one gave it to them, and that made it sweeter. And that's yep. what made it, yes, exactly. It was a lot juicier because of that. That's what That was part of the highlight of the weekend. Yeah. Mm. Uh, the, the other highlight that I saw was that having their own pit lane, having the tyre changes, meant that they had the, uh, the need to run the, the soft, fast tyres, uh, the hard, slower tyres, and that created a bit of magic. It created some interest in the strategies. Um, okay, in the Sunday race, it was neutralised by the uh, safety car and most people pitting at exactly the same time. But it, it gave it something more than we had in previous years, and that was a step forward. Mm. Gas and Go is brought to you by the V8 Race Experience. Find out how you can drive at Bathurst this Easter at v8race.com.au. Gas and Go is brought to you by VRX Magazine. VRX Magazine on sale now. Five questions, three minutes, Neville Wilkinson. How many races do you reckon Jason Richards could do? Uh, this year? I've, mate, I don't know enough about what he's going through. So, I mean, he's obviously fit enough to race and he's still got the, the speed. Um, it's, ama- it's, un- it's understanding what he's what he's doing in his life and I mean he's saying he's got where he's going overseas to check into some clinic or something like that Mm. who knows how long it's going to go I mean there's stress racing puts stresses on your bodies and if you're fighting something what he is fighting you kind of want all the energy in your body to go to fighting that so be careful that's all I can say I suppose Peter uh I understand that he is lining up for some more treatment, including overseas. Uh, so I think that uh, uh, the, the best case scenario is that he'll be back for Sandown and uh, Bathurst, uh, fully fit, uh, and uh, would make a, a very good contribution to that team uh, in those races. And not to be picky, but I think that's the Sandown 500 at Phillip Island you're referring to. Yes, that's right. Peter Norton, Brad Jones Racing, how close are they to their first win? Oh, I think uh, within the next couple of races, we'll see them take the uh, chequered flag. Uh, they're really there on the cusp uh, on merit. And Neb? Yeah, got a bit more work to go. They definitely stepped up this season. We're all noticing it, which is fantastic. Um, but um, going on their performance in Adelaide, they had a better performance in Abu Dhabi. Uh, and, you know, if you, I only think... I only think that one car has really got a chance. It's Jason Bright. I think he's the only one that's shown shown the, um, the well, one of their full time drivers, um, shown the potential to 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 take the check it. When I don't know because you never know. You never know what things. One thing good about Jet, Brad Jones Racing is they're really good at taking advantage of some of the situations, and that stems back from Brad and Kim when they used to race out of the Thunderdome, and they, you know, they understand safety cars and and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's like in their blood, so they know how to take advantage of certain situations on the track and strategy wise. Um, and I think it's going to have to be that situation that just works in their favours to take it. So who knows when that's going to happen. Now, will new cars help FPR, Nev? Uh, well, 
I think it would. If you build new stuff into it to make it go a bit faster and, and they're a team they've got they're a team of calibre, you know, with they've got the smarts to do it. I I think it will help. Um but is it gonna give them is it gonna make the cars half a second quicker? No, it might make them one tenth quicker. But you know, like they say, you spend millions of dollars to get one tenth. They seem to burn that in the pits, don't they, Peter? <laughs> yeah, and that's right. It's, <laughs> I reckon. No matter how fast the car is, <laughs> if they can't get there, if they can't stop those stuff ups, you know, they're done for. Peter, your turn. Uh, I think new cars they always help, but um, Neville described how Brad Jones Racing make the most out of strategy and the weird things that come along. Uh, FPR typically. Take are the weird, and they just don't have that judgment when uh, when all the balls are in the air. Yeah, they are the weird things that come along. It seems. Hey, is the carnage, Peter, at the AGP going to affect the quality of the cars on the grid at the Hamilton round? Um, I don't think so. The the candidate for it to be affected the most is, of course, uh, Stephen Johnson, uh, and that they have a spare car back at the workshop that they'll uh, you know, quickly put the, the good bits into, uh, so I don't think it'll be too much of a detriment for them. Uh, other teams that uh, took a big hit, they've got some pretty deep resources. Uh, they'll be there at full strength. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, are they going over by boat or plane? Plane. Okay, it takes one day to fly them over there, right? Every team should have their cars done. I mean, these teams have turned cars around in a week, like they've had a disaster at Adelaide and they've been at the Grand Prix, right? So, I mean, I kind of think they're going to have enough time. Everybody's team's got enough time. If they don't have enough time, then there's something wrong and it's it's something we're not seeing. Mm. All right. Now, does the carnage, Neville, prove that we need the car of the future here today? Uh, You're going to get carnage with car of the future. If you're talking about making them cheaper... And having more spares? Um, yeah, bring it on, because I don't mind tarnage. It makes racing exciting. I don't mind good racing either, but it's just part and parcel of the sport. I mean, who didn't go, whoa, when that happened, when they saw that on telly? <laughs> Peter Norton. Uh, yes, they have to be prepared for things like that week in, week out. That's part of the show. All right, that's Gas and Go for another week here on the V8 Insiders. Gas and Go is brought to you by the V8 Race Experience. Find out how you can drive at Bathurst this Easter at v8race.com.au. Well, guys, it's been a pleasure to catch up with you. As I said, Stephen Johnson is up after the break, but Peter Norton from Inside Motorsport, great to have you back on the show. Uh, thank you, Craig. It's always fun. And Nev, of course, good bookshops, bad bookshops, and news agents everywhere, and probably half the uh, petrol stations around the country have got V8X in them right now. Um, yeah, I'm not too sure of all the places I know. It's, it's all news agents and stuff, so uh, good bookshops. I don't know about the bad ones. <laughs> Because <laughs> there's a few, well, it's borders books are anyway. Um, yeah, it's yeah, it's out. Next one's on the way. We're already in our deadline phase for the next one. All right, then, Neville Wilkinson. Thanks for joining us. It's the white flag lap up next here on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing: V8 supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Rick Kelly. You're listening to V8 Insiders. On this week's White Flag Lap, Peter Norton from Inside Motorsport caught up with Stephen Johnson following that Race 3 crash. Stephen Johnson each year as the V8 uh, 
series comes to the Australian Grand Prix, people wonder if the teams are actually going to uh, have a bit of skin in the game and have a go. I think uh, Jim Beam Racing had plenty of skin in the game this weekend. Oh, you know, it's, um, it's a race that means nothing. And um, it just confuses me every year why people drive like idiots, to be honest. So uh, when it means absolutely nothing, you know, to us, to the championship, all it does is cost us money. So uh, why people drive a certain way that they do at these sort of meetings, I don't know. I don't know whether they think they're going to get a Formula One drive or not, but someone needs to buddy give them a bit of a pep talk and get them to realise that it's not going to work. So. Can you describe for me? Uh, sorry, just a sec. Can you describe for me what happened out there and how bad is the damage to the car? Oh, the car's pretty bad. Um, the whole right side's pretty much gone from the driver's door back, you know, and it's torn all the dip out and done a, a lot of damage. And um, um, you know, we got an okay start. We we're just taking it really steady, and I you know, picked up five spots or something on the first lap just from people going off or whatever, and come around turn nine and turn the left hand to turn ten where Rick and Craig obviously had their moment and uh, was behind uh, David Reynolds in the Stratco car really close to him but um, and all of a sudden he's he slowed right up really quick so and I've hit him in the back and spun him um, and he was obviously getting on the brakes because of the crash in front I had Jason Richards to my right Dave Reynolds right in front literally on my bonnet so uh, I've hit Dave turned Dave left and I'm thinking that he was going to bounce off the wall and come back out on the track and hit me. I had no idea that there was two cars on the wall on the other side and I pulled out to the right to try to go around so that Dave doesn't come out and hit me and pull out behind from behind Jason Richards as well and uh, all of a sudden there's two cars stopped in the middle of the track in front of me or on the right side of the track so uh, couldn't obviously uh, quite get back to the left in time and um, sort of basically straight to the back of Rick. Was there any warning from yellow flags or anything about those two cars? Oh, you know, if there was... You know, I'm one car in the middle of probably six or eight cars all around us. There's no way you're going to see any yellow flag when you've got, you know, um, impaired vision from other cars around you, especially on a start. You know, there was cars two or three wide. Um, You know, the best thing in that situation is, um, you know, a call from the radio because the TV picks up sort of more so than that. But, you know, I never heard anything from the radio from the guys. So, um, uh uh, it was basically, basically, I was r- racing blind, you know, and um, you know it can happen pretty easily, and uh, it's unfortunate it happened to us, and it tore up, you know, 150 grand's worth of stuff for nothing this weekend. Being on the driver's side, that hit. Uh, people were relieved when you uh, jumped out. Uh, no aches and pains or anything from it. Oh, I got a little bit of a headache, but in general, I'm okay. You know, I'm pretty lucky that I was able to move a little bit left. Um, from where I was actually heading because I was actually going to hit it head on so it's probably pretty lucky that I actually got it with the, the sort of B pillar and the back door of the car and the rear wheel of the car also in the driver's door so you know I guess that was in that in that regard it was pretty lucky so well uh, yeah pretty tough uh, weekend for Jim Beam Racing yeah uh, look forward to seeing you guys bounce back because that's what you do best yeah I'll, we'll give it a go mate we'll rebuild the other rebuild the other car and uh, it'll all be good from there. Stephen Johnson joined there. My thanks to Peter Norton, Neville Wilkinson and of course the Moth.
James Moffat. As the checker flag waves over another edition of the V8 Insiders, keep smiling and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.